It's Kitchen Table Spirituality, an evening devotional with Pastors Jonathan Malone and Charlie Eastman. I am softly speaking with Pastor Charlie Eastman, who is the pastor of Southboro Congregational Pilgrim Church. I really messed that one up. It's okay. And we'll fix it in post, or we no, won't. No, no. So Pilgrim Charles. Church in Southboro, Massachusetts. Pilgrim Congregational Church oh, in Southboro. Congregational! Yeah, well, it doesn't come naturally for you, right? No, it doesn't. No. And I'm Charlie Eastman, and I'm sitting with the uh, with with the, Bap- the very Baptist, the the most Baptist, Jonathan Malone. I, I don't think there's a Jonathan Malone in the world who's more Baptist than the one I'm on the phone with. And he, of course, serves First Baptist Church in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. And I've already lost my voice. Okay. That's right. You were getting choked up. Well, I think what happens is you said we were you were on the phone with me, and the nostalgia of phone conversations just got you choked up. Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my God. Please hold. Your call is important. Yeah. No, we're done with that. I don't know. I miss it. I actually, not that this matters, but I'm going to be having, you know, I have to chat with someone else for some other reason, that, and they huh? said, do you want to do it? There's like, someone not, else you chat yeah. with? But it's, I don't I can't believe it. you've said that on the podcast in I front know, of the right? people. But they said Zoom or phone call, and I said, let's do a phone call. Oh. I kind of. The nostalgia of the phone call. Yeah, yeah. I'm finding my, f- you know what? I don't. I don't care. I, I'll Zoom or phone call, and I I like them both equally. Mm. I'm I'm not quite at Zoom fatigue yet, um, but I'm I'm probably getting there. Yeah. And you're right. Uh, it's so important to have regular phone calls to break that up because for the mm. whole rest of our lives we had phone calls. Yeah. This was a thing. This was a a way that, gosh, most of the churches have done everything they've done for the last however many years. It wasn't in person. It was just phones. Yeah. Yeah. Pick up the phone. There's also an intimacy to the phone. I mean, we're talking right in each other's ears, mm-hmm. so it's it's close, you know? It yeah. has its uses. Anyway. How are things at Pilgrim Congregational Church in Southboro, Massachusetts? Hey, they're as perfect as the way you said the name. Oh, um, fantastic. Things are going well. We had our first in-house, <gasps> in-the-building, indoor worship on oh, fantastic. Great. Granted, the windows were all open, um, yeah. and we were... We left our coats on. It wasn't freezing or anything. It was okay. a glorious day. Nice. We had 12 souls inside the church and probably Excellent. three times that outside. We did two services. Wow. I haven't done two services since Christmas. Um, yeah. Being not in a congregation that requires them, uh, I, I appreciate that normally, but given that certain people only feel comfortable in certain settings these days... I think yeah. it's really important to offer whatever we can, and we're blessed to have the technology to do a service indoors and then a service out of doors. So you had people uh, outside as well as in, inside. That's right. So we did a 10 o'clock oh. and a 2 o'clock service. 10 o'clock was inside the building, oh. and then 2 o'clock was out in the garden at St. Mark's next door. And okay. uh, we found we found it went it went perfect. There Great. was plenty of room for those that came. Mm. Most mostly the sign up went smooth, and people were able to to get their spots. It's like buying concert tickets through. We use Eventbrite to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really huh. neat, and uh, and the feedback I got from people, you know, it's not the it's not the most social experience, I guess. But someone said I closed my eyes and listened to your voice. And it felt like I was back in church and everything was normal again. Oh, and that for means me, so much. That made it that made it all worthwhile. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the extra planning, all the extra whatever, just just fades away when you can provide that experience for somebody. So that's great. I hope more people will come and try it. There's room. 
We have room for double the capacity we had, Good. which I know ain't much, but well, we're doing what we can do, right? Yeah, yeah. And, we, and then we you're, had still, a, you're still streaming or doing it online as well? We actually moved to Facebook Live for, okay. the, li- for, the, for the video portion of the service. And the feedback we're getting is that people are fine with it. We Good. originally didn't do it because we said, well, some people don't have Facebook, and so that'll be frustrating for them. Yeah. But you can, you can watch a Facebook live stream without having a Facebook account. Yeah, that's important. People realize that. You don't have to have a Facebook account to watch the service. I don't think you can do the comments or something. There's some Correct. limitations. You can't interact because, of yeah. course, it's Facebook. What's their business model? You're the product. They need, right. you, they need your info. So anyway, but it was, well, it was great. And uh, we had Rally Sunday in our Good. in a small way the the CE team had balloons everywhere and nice. welcomed people and gave them welcome bags if they drove up it was really great oh fantastic good 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 times. And how's things at good old East Greenwich? East Greenwich is going well. We had a, you know, we we're continuing to have worship in person. We're actually getting close to our max capacity. Um, Which is what? What's max? Well, the, right now current? it's at 50. Yeah, see we're still stuck at 25. Ooh, yeah. Unlucky. So we're getting close to 50, which is a good problem to have, you know? Yes, it is. So I'm starting to think, how can we work around that? And, or do you have we an have, overflow space in the church that you we, can stream to? We do, and, mm-hmm. um, and that will be our next option. And then after that, I don't know. Right. Um, but I also want to let uh, people know that next Sunday, this is the 27th, mm-hmm. um, we are... The Board of Christian Ed is sponsoring an event where we're going apple picking. Woohoo! Yeah, that's outdoors. Yeah, it's outdoors. You have to wear a mask and you know stay mm-hmm. with your family. But a narrow, narrow orchard lane, narrow lane orchard, narrow lane orchard. That makes much more sense. It does. Um, you know, at two o'clock like on Sunday, come and join us for some apple picking, and then the person who makes the best apple pie with those apples gets a prize. Oh, what I'm the judge. It's your voice on their home answering machine. That's right. I will. You will have a recorded message on your home and only answering machines. I will not record on That's anything right. digital. I, only micro cassette answering machines. That's right. That's Has to right. have a micro cassette. But that will be the part. I just really love apple pie, Charlie. That's the. Of course you do. Come on, I can see this from a mile away. Yeah, I, I really, really love apple pie. Apple pie is great. It's hard to argue against apple pie. Yeah, who doesn't love apple pie? You know who doesn't? Monsters. Monsters. They should be ashamed. They really should I, be ashamed. I, I am one of well, I'm not one of those monsters, but I do. Apple pie is not my favorite pie. <gasps> well, I don't I'm, know if it's my I'm favorite. I'm a pie guy. What's rhubarb. Your pie? Uh, rhubarb. Rhubarb. Yeah. Uh, Strawberry well, and blueberry. rhubarb. And blueberry. Not not in the same pie, but no, no, no. That's a, yeah. That's... See now, I like straight rhubarb pie, and I like uh-huh. it in a custard or on Ooh. its own. I just love the over tart. It's such a punch I can in see the that. Mouth. When Try, I was young, I would, yeah, and I ahead. hadn't had Sour Patch Kids yet. Um, the sourness of a rhubarb mm. pie was amazing. Yeah. We used to have rhubarb growing in our backyard, and I would eat it raw. Oh, that's us too, yeah. Yeah, we'd, that's... We'd actually, we'd, we'd dip it in sugar. Oh. We'd put the end, <laughs> cut it, better. put the end in sugar, and bite yeah. that, and it was like, whoo. Wow. Well, now I'm hungry. So I hunger Char- is growing. Yeah, you and I should... Um, I see what you did. I'm going to circle back to it. But you and I should do a <laughs> tour of just pies across America. Oh, see, now who wouldn't want to be a part of that? I, don't, I wouldn't want many other people to join us. Oh, no, no, just you and I. No, I yeah, mean, who yeah. wouldn't want to follow us? That would be a podcast, right? Every, Two... every episode, all the mouth noises. Oh, oh. great, yeah. <laughs> Two pasty guys eating many pastry pies. 
I, I want to hit every Amish community there is. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had an Amish pie. I haven't either, but how could they be bad? That's right. Come on, with the work they put into things, look at those yeah. barns. It's got they, and yeah, they must use lard. Oh, oh, yes. People are always like, "What's lard for?" I'm like, what are they? Are you kidding me? Do you making, not eat pie? I know. My brother got a block of lard for Christmas once from his oh, wife. Lucky. He makes great blueberry pie. Oh, so, cool. um, yeah. The more we talk about this, my hunger is growing. It's growing. It is <laughs> growing and growing. Yeah. Growing like a garden. Growing like faith. Isn't it? Ah, oh, you did it. Nicely well, done. You were going to do it if I didn't. So right. we're going to do a series now. Uh, this mm-hmm. is with with little fanfare, but much joy. We are bringing bring together the three clauses of the new vision statement of Pilgrim Congregational Church, um, and uh, and uh, the the idea is to just explore the concepts that are represented in that statement of faith. And and the statement of faith is simply this: growing faith, strengthening families. Loving all. And Should today, be simple. today, in addition to just enumerating why growing faith is in there, I, th- I right. think it would be nice to kind of talk about the process mm. and how we got yeah. to our vision statement, if that's all right. Yeah. And yeah, Jonathan please. will interrupt me liberally and let me know uh, yeah. when my voice I mean, is for, going on too. For much. example, I thought the third clause, I thought it was growing faith, the first clause, strengthening mm-hmm. families, the second clause, Santa mm-hmm. being the third clause. Oh. What's a podcast without a dad joke? <laughs> Thanks, You're dad. welcome, world. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, tell yes. me about the process, Charlie. So the process went thusly. Uh, a pastor arrives at a new church in the midst of COVID. He leaves his old church and comes to his new church, and he starts talking about himself in the third person. Now, let's set that aside. Did you, so, did you show up wearing, um, like, a big overcoat, goggles? on my donkey. yeah. Yep, yep. It was totally like the uh, like the video for "You Got Lucky, Babe" by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Uh, I'm, there's I'm a, looking there's it a up deep right now. Callback. Yeah. Anyway, there's a it's a post-apocalyptic uh, yeah. vision. So yes, I came in on my donkey and laid mm-hmm. my shepherd's crook by the door, and I said, "Without vision, the people will perish." And so mm-hmm. it's time for us to spend some time working on vision. And this isn't usually something I would do right after arriving at a church. I would yeah. take more time to get to know everybody a little bit better. Mm-hmm. There's this idea in preaching, and I don't know who said it first, but there's this idea that we are speaking to the congregation and also for the congregation. Right. And, and that's right. why I'm, I'm sometimes troubled by pastors that don't do any visitation with their congregations, because yeah. if you don't know the people... There's no way you can speak for the people. You, you have to know what they're going through, and you right. won't only get that in church meetings. But at any rate, usually I would spend a year, maybe even two, getting to know the congregation before we cast vision together for like a five-year kind of plan for where we're going and how we get there. Right. I guess vision is where we're going, and mission is how we're getting there in terms of statement, nomenclature. But sure. all of that to say... I realized we had some time, hmm. that in fact, we weren't so busy with meetings and other things, and, and summer uh, in Southboro is basically when the sidewalks roll up. Um, everybody, not everybody, these are g- mm. gross generalizations, but many people go to the Cape or to right. Lake Winnipesaukee or mm-hmm. to other points more private than that, and, and they do their summer thing, um, which is 
which is a privileged thing to be able to do. Um, yeah. And de- depending on what you do with it, it's not, not a terrible thing. Um, but these folks really are used to church being quiet. So I tapped seven souls who were willing to meet once a week. And oh. the reason for that is, is momentum. Mm-hmm. Uh, with monthly meetings, it's as you know, Jonathan, it's so easy for projects to come and go and never really get fully addressed because we only yeah. talk about them once a month. And maybe it goes in the minutes that somebody was supposed to handle something and maybe they don't even bother to read them. And, and then you get to the next month and nothing's happened. So right. I said, I need a weekly meeting. Mm-hmm. I tried to find a cross-section of people who represented different generations, different experiences, uh, different senses of the church. Some people who'd been at the church a short time, some people who'd been at it a very long time. Um, and, and then we, we just got to the business of, of identifying where we wanted to go. Good. Good. So very early on, I asked people to share their favorite scripture passages. Okay. And tell me yeah. what they loved in scripture. And then I asked them about, uh, we did a visioning exercise where everybody closed their eyes and cast that perfect vision of what it would look like on Sunday morning if, if their vision for Pilgrim Church was fulfilled. Hmm. And, and they kind of did their thing, and I recorded everything, and I recorded the scripture passages, and there was a lot of overlap. Um, there was a lot of, a lot of care for neighbor, yeah. loving one another, um, you know, the greatest gift is love, um, you know, not, not anything that would surprise you from people who are constantly involved in church. I mean, I guess I was a little surprised that they all had scripture passages that they would be able to quote as being yeah. a basis for faith. That's not typical mm-hmm. in 2020. Um, but I was, I was really pleased and edified that they did. Good. And, um, then we, we engaged in a deep SWOT analysis, and this is, of course, over the, over the process of weeks. Right. We engaged in a deep SWOT analysis. Um, for those that don't know, there's certainly mo- more modern ways to address that, but it's strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And sometimes right. these are set up in quadrants on a piece of paper, and you, you label out what, what are your organization's strengths, what, what are your organization's weaknesses? What are the opportunities mm-hmm. we're not t- currently taking advantage of? And then what are the threats? What's deviling us? And we got some really amazing sounds from my alarm. Uh, sorry about that. That's all right. Um, we got some really interesting responses, and, and people really dug in. And mm-hmm. we kept woodshedding. How long did the process take? We were probably about seven weeks in when finally I said, all right, next time. We're all going to come, and we're going to make take a stab at a vision statement. We studied other vision statements from other right. organizations. We looked at what we liked and what we didn't like, and we found we wanted something, I especially wanted something that was punchy, like a one-line mm. thing that everybody right. in the church could remember, Yeah, that yeah. everybody in the church could recite, that everybody in the church could... Uh, see written on a pencil if if it right. if, if you're going to do branded pencils or that would look great on a t-shirt or that could be on the church website it, it's like a vision statement that that really unites people and brings them together around a common mission and so right. that's that's what we wound up with i think in growing faith strengthening families and loving all that's fantastic what a great process i hope so the people that were a part of it said they enjoyed it um, I'm, I'm assuming they didn't just say that because they were stuck on a Zoom call with me. Um, right, yes. They put a lot of thought Zoom. into it. 
and yeah, and they they like really it. they kept it percolating in a good way. That statement was actually several other statements kind of stitched together, and mm. and um, David had the sense to bring all three of those streams together, and each was important enough that we really wanted them included. Yeah, and and it felt biblically rooted, and and it's just good. we're excited. That's great. So the first one. The first one, the first clause is growing faith. Growing faith. Mm-hmm. Now, do you need fertilizer? Uh, indeed. You need a uh-huh. lot. Um, but I don't know where you're going with the analogy, so I'm going to leave it there. Um, <laughs> well, so, Go ahead. <laughs> but one of, the, one of the great things about that phrase, growing faith, is it could be taken literally. Sure. Um, and then you say, oh, so I'm going to need fertilizer and sun and water. Um, and that's just someone being a jerk. Uh-huh. Um, or you could take it figuratively and metaphorically and say, I'm going to need sun and water and fertilizer and good soil. Mm-hmm. And boy, there's a lot you can work with with that. There is. There's a lot, yeah. a lot of opportunity for metaphor and analogy and, and also a, a lot of opportunity for activation in the congregation. Mm. There's, it's no surprise to me that we wound up with three active verbs, mm-hmm. growing, strengthening, loving. Yeah. Um, and it, and yet I'm glad that we filled them out a little more and were a little more specific. For instance, you know, there's so many churches that have vision statements that you you would barely know they were churches, we found mm. in our canvassing. And that's, oh, wow. of course, settled around, at least in our area, some of that good old New England uncomfortability with <laughs> sharing in general right. and with right, fear yeah. of rejection and, you know, if I put myself out there... Are people going to take me seriously? And right. so for me, it was super important, you know, and I guess you could also argue, why isn't Jesus in your vision statement? Why doesn't it say something for Christ or or in the name of Jesus Christ? And for me, it's just, uh, if Christ isn't implied in all we do, then we've already failed. Mm. I, don't, I don't need the name of Jesus in the vision statement for it to be our church statement because it's made from our church. Right, that's that's right. why we're doing it. So, anyway. Good. So, um, so growing faith has some assumptions. Indeed, that are, it does. Are part of it. It does. It implies that our faith is not perfected, um, which I wow. really like. Uh, yeah. I, I like the idea that a congregation that has been where it's been for hundreds of years mm-hmm. recognizes that it has a growing edge. And that the the regenerate body of the church knows that it has a duty, right, to continue to develop its faith, right. Um, that also, now, go ahead. I was going to say, does this apply to everyone or just the people like our kids? No, absolutely everyone. Yeah, this is this is Bob Pasmino's education across the lifespan. Yeah, um, it's yeah. never too late to start, and it's and there's never an hour when you shouldn't be learning. My favorite people of a certain age are always those who, who talk about, I try to learn something new every day. Mm. Um, I, I want to be that when I am their age. And yeah. I think that's important in faith, too. If you're 40 years old and you were, went to Sunday school and you grew up in the church and you have this sense of you know, where things are in the Bible and, and you might come to think you're done, that your right. Christian education is over, and you're, you're seriously missing out. On the other hand... Growing faith also implies for me that mm-hmm. we do not that our that our unperfected faith experience has room for more. 
hmm. that there's room for more faith in our lives, that there's room for more God focus in our lives, um, which makes a compelling argument for why we attend church at all. Right. Um, when people ask me why I go to church, one of my favorite things to say, and again, I can't tell you who I stole it from, is uh, it gives us that little step up for a better vantage point so we can see God a little better in the week ahead. And I want, I want oh, that sense nice. for people in their faith journeys. Right. So that's why growing. But maybe you, maybe you were thinking of other assumptions. No. Well, I, I, it seems that there's also asking people to, to perhaps move beyond just the Sunday morning experience with their <laughs> faith. That, yeah, that would be ideal. That yeah. would be ideal. Churches, churches that can per, be perfe- pervasively a part of the uh, parishioners' lives. Too much alliteration, sorry. Yeah, um, say that pervasively a part of the parishioners' lives. Yeah. Uh, Moses anyway. supposes his to- noses are roses. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, he does. Um, I think I just think it's a uh, it's the kind of it's the kind of culture that some churches have already, and I think I think there's part of it at Pilgrim, and I mm-hmm. I just feel as with everybody, there's there's always room for more, especially in an mm. age where it doesn't take that much for us to connect anymore. It's it's easier than ever yeah. to to gather and, uh, and, and be around other people of faith in meaningful ways, I hope. Um, yeah. And that, that growth is, it's vital. I, you know, when I hear growth, I think of depth as well. I love that. You know, I know growing, we often think of like growing up or growing out with our bellies. Mm, um, sure. But I, I think also, with, especially with faith, because I'm, I'm hearing faith and spirituality being connected together Mm-hmm. of this this depth of finding this deeper like a rooted connectedness a mm-hmm. rootedness um in your relationship with God and others it's also an opportunity for answering the criticism of i'm i'm not religious i'm just spiritual right because what you're saying whether you mean to or not when you say that is that religious people are not spiritual <laughs> right right and those two things are not mutually exclusive they never have been Right. We, we, Jonathan and I wouldn't do what we do if if that was the case. There'd be no reason. It would just be a an exercise in I don't even yeah. know what I don't tradition know. bearing. I, there's no point. Yeah. Without spiritual, without spirituality, without that quickening sense of yeah. of God's possibility in the Holy Spirit. And and if I can grow that for people and help them feel better connected to that, if I can mm-hmm. help them understand why they might be uncomfortable around ideas of faith and embrace them more, if I can, if I can help grow faith, then yeah. I'm, we're doing great. So yeah, so it's it's Christian education and more. Indeed, that's it's, right. It's uh, spiritual. It's uh, discipleship. It's um, spiritual direction. Uh, it. It, there's a lot. The cliche is, of course, the more you put in, the more you get out, and it's not it's not I- irrelevant in this discussion. Sure, I, right. I think the the activity of growing faith, if we want to go back to the garden analogy, is very similar. You do have to plant mm. and water and provide the right environment uh, for, yeah. for plants to come to fruition. It is very much the same with faith. Faith does not grow in a vacuum. It does not grow for right. most people when you're on your own. I know there are there are mystics and monastics who've managed to find deeper levels of faith through solitary confession and meditation, but that's not how most of us are wired. Well, and they always return to a community. Indeed. They were only alone for a time. 
Good point. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I think I want to tell people, if you're, as you're listening to this, well done. You have taken the first step <laughs> towards growing your faith. You're listening to people talk about faith. Yeah. And, and to do, and this is outside of, unless you're doing this on Sunday morning instead of watching the worship services, then hey, hey, mm. you could pause this, go, go, go to church That's right. um, virtually. Uh, but doing something midweek, breaking up the, the pattern, that's part of the reason why Charlie and I are doing this, to offer something to, to step into your weekly rhythms, mm-hmm. to help you kind of take a breather, take a pause. Very um, much that's so. an important part of growing your faith. It is. And, and without, you know, without putting too fine a point on it, if, if you're not growing your faith, you're, you're probably... Uh, you're probably losing aspects of it. It's yeah. it's like any practice. It will atrophy. It will. Faith is a practice. It's a thing that you do as much as have. And whenever people tell me they're not, they'd feel disconnected from their faith or they're not, all I have to do is ask, well, when was the last time you prayed? Mm. When did you last just, just take a step down and bow your head and ask God for something? Um, yeah. And often I get that blank stare of, uh, well, you know, you do that. <laughs> or the blank stare that implies that you do that, right. because that's, that's fine for you. That's fine for Jonathan. Right. You know, he can sure. pray We're pastors. Right. We, we know how to pray. We took classes in prayer. <laughs> we, we actually didn't, make sure people no. know that. Yeah, but on the other hand, we're called on to pray a lot. Mm-hmm. And when people say, I can't pray like you can... Well, this is a different episode on prayer, yeah, but yeah. Of, of course, the follow-up to that is, then pray more. Right. I do want to say, please don't think that Charlie and I are done growing in our faith. No. Uh, this is something that we both are just constantly working on as well. If you're uh, leading so an organization and you can't apply the vision statement to your own life, you need a new vision statement. Yeah, or you need a new life. Oh, oh. Maybe. <laughs> wow, that was harsh. Uh, oh, I, I guess maybe that was. <laughs> but, so, so growing faith is the first yeah. clause of our vision statement, and thank you to everyone for listening, and, uh, and we're going to take up the next two, strengthening families and loving all in, in, the, day, in the weeks ahead. So I want, for, this, for these next three, I'm going to change the, the prayer format that we've been doing, Oh, if I may. So I, I was supposed to prepare the prayer? Did you have one? Well, I have several. I mean, I've been oh. reading Walter Rauschenbusch. But... And that, that's the change. So instead, since, I mean, not that we're putting Southborough, Pilgrim, Pilgrim Congregational Church at Southborough, Massachusetts, um, in the spotlight, but this is part of who they are, part of their journey. And I know the folks at East Greenwich are thrilled to be a part of it, to be hearing about it, to um, have some of the fruits of your labor. Uh, but I think it'd be great to have, Charlie, you end with your prayer and then a prayer that you've you've prepared as well okay. um, to kind of add that capstone to Pilgrim Congregational Church in Southborough, Massachusetts. Fine. Let me, let me share the, the reflection from the power of a vital faith. I'm not going to share the entire thing. It's a little long okay. for a prayer. But uh, I, will, I will pray this prayer from, uh, from Walter Rauschenbusch at the end. So I'll start praying, then Jonathan will pray, and then we'll hear from Walter Rauschenbusch. Okay. Let us pray. Yeah. God, thank you for this opportunity that you presented us uh, to recraft vision and to think about where we're headed for the next five years. Lord, I ask that you would inspire other churches to, to consider their vision, 
to think about where they are in you and Christ and, and what's, what's possible for them now that the world has changed so much. We, we read that where there is no vision, the people perish God, and we just ask that whenever we seek vision, that you would be there guiding and inspiring us. God, we are thankful for the sight you give us. Help us to open our eyes, to take the knowledge that we find and lead towards your wisdom. Help us to see what you see, and as a people, to live into your vision. And now from Walter Rauschenbusch, a great task demands a great faith. To live a great life, one needs a great cause to which one can surrender, something divinely large and engrossing for which one can live and if need be die. A great religious faith will lift one out of narrow grooves and be made an inspired instrument of the universal will of God. So God reveal to us the larger goodness and love that speak through the unbending laws of thy word. Man. Wow. Roush and Bush. Hey, we should do a, an episode on him soon. We should. There's always let's, let's, something else. That could be the fourth clause of your oh, vision statement, the Roush and Bush clause. The bu- right. We could call ourselves the Bushies. <laughs> As one does. I Maybe. think we should say I think we should say goodnight with that. Okay. <laughs> Alright. Well good to talk oh. to you. Thanks for this opportunity. Yeah, go and uh, take some time to pray, folks. Yeah, growing faith. It's still matters. Bye.